0: Hello, everyone. It's me, Sherry, and we are here for week two of Unzipped with Sherry. Um, hope you guys all had an amazing week last. Uh, this past week, I am like a hot mess because I'm just so excited today. Uh, if you guys watched our show last week, we had an amazing conversation with Chelsea, who was wonderful. And this week, we have another special guest, uh, Ken Kado. You might know him on Instagram as Keto Ken. You might know him on TikTok as the bariatric chef, but I've had the privilege of just knowing him as Ken. So I can't wait to bring him on board and we're just going to chat all things bariatric. So Ken, I hope you're ready. We're about to get unzipped. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we're starting off laughing what happened
1: no it, it's just as somebody that was you know we've known each other for a couple of weeks like i love your tagline i was like oh that's so cool like i was very impressed by that and then and then that music i was like oh wow this is this is so different <laughs> i like it
0: i just love like you guys at home couldn't see it but i saw ken just kind of like
1: I know well. You, that was that was another thing. I was like, I was, I was like, I don't. Th- I, th- I hope she doesn't see me because I was like, I'm toning it down. So I was like, <laughs> she might see me, so I'm definitely toning it down.
0: Let the record show. I've been watching a lot of court stuff lately. Let the record show. I saw. Sure.
1: everything.
0: we're good. You saw everything. <laughs> but how are you this week?
1: This week, oh god, I mean, this week is just flying by. It's one of those weeks where you're just like, you're. you're I feel like I've been trying to catch up. Just like since Monday, and it's already midweek. It's just been yeah. super. It's just been go 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 go.
0: I and I don't know what it was about this week. Maybe it's because I've been I've been doing a lot more behind the scenes, like trying to build this thing up. But I I feel like I'm almost rushing for time every single day. Like there's just not enough hours in the day.
1: You you gotta get. Uh, it's crazy. Like when you build something from scratch, like you really do. Like it, it's so it takes up so much of your time. It takes up yeah. so much of your time, your focus. Like, I, like, I don't know, like, like at the end of the day, you know, after you have have to do your regular stuff and then your extra stuff, like what's left for you at the end of like, what's, how much gas is left over after that? Yeah.
0: And it's just so, cr- so, I mean, I have so many questions for you and we're like, I'm just letting you know right now, we're not getting to everything today. So That's I've fine. already, I've already told Ken, I don't think he really has a choice. He's just going to have to come back on multiple occasions down the road so that we can like just talk all the time. Um, So I don't want to spend a whole ton of time talking all about the backstory and the origin story, but I do think it's important to kind of touch on it as to how we got here to this moment today, talking on these computer screens all over the place. Um, I'm going to assume if you were to ask yourself 10 years ago, where would you be? I'm thinking it might not be in this exact moment right now.
1: No, not at all. Not at all.
0: Yeah, so what was Ken like before everything?
1: Before everything? I mean, before- I was I was pretty much, you know, personality-wise, like the same type of person. I have, like, a appetite for, like, random, goofy, silly, kind of stupid humor. Um, but, like, the idea of, like, recording myself or, like, being on camera or talking yes. about, you know, my issues or, like, how we get over things or, you know, being some sort of guide for somebody... That was never on the table at all. No, you know, like I used to walk into a room and be like, nobody look at me, please. Like, I'm just I'm just a mess. I don't have my shit together. I'm just I'm trying to just, you know, keep this, you know, together as best as I can. And now, like, you know, fast forward 10 years and I wouldn't say like, you know, we all have room to grow. But like, I love I love my life now. Like, it's such a like, it feels purposeful. I look forward to waking up in the morning. Uh, it's fun interacting with people. I love making things that are creative or fun or interesting. Um, it's just a completely different life. And at the center of all of that, like it, it kind of started with the, sur- with the surgery procedure.
0: Yeah. And so um, what was the highest that you had ever gotten to before you decided to have the surgery?
1: So the highest I weighed was 220. I'm sorry, not 200. So it's the number was 525 pounds. I okay. read the number wrong and thought it was 252 pounds, which would have been fantastic. But yeah, no, that was, uh, that was. I, I I knew I was bad. <laughs> like I knew like right. my weight was, but I didn't think I was in the 500, you know, category.
0: You know, because they talk about a lot of times body dysmorphia, like when you've lost the weight. And sometimes you still see yourself as a fatter person or obese person. And I don't know if we've touched on it before, but I remember when I was at my heaviest, which was like over 350 at one point, there was times I didn't realize I was that big. Like I didn't just, I didn't register how large I was until occasionally you saw a picture or something on social media and you're like, Wait, am I really that big? Oh yeah,
1: the dreaded uh, out in the wild candid picture. Like
0: yes.
1: Oh my god, yeah, no, I, I it's crazy, it's crazy to me. And it, did you t- did you used to ta- I mean did you take a lot of selfies back in the day? Did you used to take pictures of yourself like a lot? Like I didn't. I don't think I did.
0: I didn't, but there were times where if I was feeling calm and I lost like a couple of pounds, I have learned the proper angles. You hold it just (laughs) high enough so that there's only one chin or you would get creative and you like pose a certain way to kind of give the, I mean, I'm just kidding myself because like you can't hide 300 pounds, but I would try to find ways to do it. But I usually, there was a time where I didn't really take very many. I didn't want to be in pictures or I would say, please don't post that
1: that that is so funny i cuz i had that too you know and um yeah, yeah. It, you you i never wanted to be in pictures but then like as you said like i don't know back when face, facebook was like becoming like a thing like i'd look back and be like oh look there's me with our friends at a party and i'm like and i am easily the biggest person not only in that room but like like in that picture but also in that room and you're like oh my god i'm like is that how is that how everyone sees me why, why isn't anyone saying anything like it's crazy to me
0: yeah. And what's so crazy. And one of the reasons I really love that you're here today is, um, one, cause you're a guy and sure. we, and like, I mean, obviously you know that, um, but know. we, we see so much on social media, people talking about the surgery, the vast majority of the people talking about it are all women correct you know, and they're very vocal about it it's almost become like a rarity when a guy comes out and said hey i had surgery this was my story and i and i kind of want to know your thoughts on what do you think the reasoning for why men are not as vocal about it I-
1: I have a couple of theories. Um, I think it has to do with uh, emb- maybe they're embarrassed. Maybe they don't think it's like a masculine thing or or like a testosterone driven thing. I mean, I I get that. I mean, sometimes like I'm so not like that. <laughs> like, I've never been like I, I, I don't like sports like it, I've never I was never like a like an alcohol drinker. I don't go to the bar like I wouldn't consider myself as like a masculine person. I'm definitely a male. I definitely identify as male. Um, and I just think it has to do with like, they, it just doesn't seem very macho or very inspiring to like have a procedure or admit that like, I have a problem that is beyond my control and I need help. I don't, I, I I think that that, that's how I kind of chop it up.
0: Okay. Interesting. And like, do you, do you think that, um, like based on your experience, had did people treat you differently? When you were heavier, because I've joked with people before. I'm not really joked, but like when you look at Hollywood and stuff like that, and there's a lot of men who are overweight, but they're the funny guy. They still get the girl. Um, It's more about the sense of humor that they bring. But a lot of times, if a woman's really funny and happens to be a weight in the same scale, her weight is usually judged more often. Like I don't know if there's a double standard, but for you personally, did you find yourself being ridiculed? Or my,
1: my personal experience with my weight. I mean, think about like in high school. Like like my, my weight started becoming a problem about junior year of high school and mid in then mid into my sophomore year of college. And the one thing I always, the one thing I I, I, I noticed with my weight was like if I had a, a crush on somebody, I. I would I would refrain from from telling them this because I had so many experiences where I would get a crush on somebody and I would do what I what I thought what people do they ask around yeah. like oh hey what's that person's deal are they seeing someone um, what's going on <laughs> and um, you know someone would get hear that through the grapevine and then like it would it would just spread through the school like 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 a plague like oh hey Ken likes this person and then like it would eventually get to the person that I was talking about and there was like this, like, this, like, not like, I I don't, I don't want to come off like a jerk, but like, there was almost like this attitude, like this, like, how dare you do this to me? Like, how dare you express that you, that you have, like, like you're attracted to me. And, and that happened, it, it happened so many times where I was like, I was like, am I not supposed to have feelings for people? Like, because it, it seems like a, a burden <laughs> and, it, and it's oh. such a it's and it's such a terrible oh yeah it, it's a rejection obviously is like the most sour feeling you can possibly feel but then like but not even. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right you know it's like it's but like to not even have the opportunity to be rejected to be like how dare you like possibly be attracted to me i just right it, it just became, it was, it became impossible to like wrap my head around like being in a romantic or being like a, ro- like a, like a relationship, like something worthwhile.
0: Like almost you're not worthy enough to have happiness or be in a relationship. Like, it, so is it safe to say that you were probably friend zoned a lot? Oh,
1: all, all the time. You? Oh God. I used to joke. <laughs> I think I, I used to joke. I had a PO box in the friend zone. Like that was as that was as good as it gets. Yeah, I mean, that was as good as, good as it get, got, and, like, you eventually, like, you start to settle for, like, what people will give you. So, yeah. like, I I had so many friends that were girls that, like, I remember I had one that, like, her boyfriend was in the military, so she would call me over, we'd watch movies, we'd make dinner. Like, we would have, like, what, what, what I would perceive as, like, sort of a relationship without any of, like, the, you know, like, the good stuff. Although the other stuff is, like, great, too. You're just, like, well, this is it, like... This is as far as I I get, like I I cook, we watch movies together and that's all I'll ever have.
0: I remember my biggest frustration is I was a tomboy Like, so I only had a lot of guy friends growing up and then you you get into the puberty phase and now you're kind of awkward because now you're having crushes and all these guys that you have, that you're friends with. And of course, and the reoccurring theme is like, they would make a point of saying, oh, Sherry, you're like a little sister to me or, oh, "Oh, I love having (sighs) you as a sister. And you're like, oh my God, twist the knife a little bit more. And I remember one of the worst feelings and in hindsight, it wasn't meant to come off mean, but I had a friend basically admit that he's like Sherry. He's like, I think you're awesome. He's like, but I'm gonna be honest with you. If I saw you across the street, I wouldn't have given you a second look.
1: Oh, what? What was? And and I'm like, what? (laughs) What? What? What what prompted this?
0: Uh, I think there was a lot of alcohol involved that day.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. (laughs) Party or something
0: like that. Okay. um, But it was somebody that I had thought was attractive. That I don't know. Maybe one day somebody will think I'm cute. And uh, and he said, but he's like, let me rephrase. He's like, I yeah. am so blessed that I know you. He's like, because sure. since I've gotten to know you as a person, like I absolutely love you. He's like, I'm just being honest. And I'm like, well, I like I appreciate. And I Emily just asked, why did he feel the need to express that? I
1: just said this. I asked the same thing, Emily. What the f? <laughs> like,
0: I don't know what. But again, this is like twenty-some odd years ago. Like you're young and stupid, and you know, alcohol. A lot of people tell the truth naturally. Sure. And, It was kind of like this harsh realization that, I mean, you're basically telling me that I'm an awesome person or, or, and that you love me, but that's not enough. The interior is just not enough. And look, I get that you have to have a chemistry with someone. There has to be a physical, physical attraction. And I was one of those people that I've, you know, dated people in the past that weren't, you know, considered society tens, but there was always something about them that made them more attractive. Sure. Sure. Uh, and i guess i just always wish that i would be viewed in that sense but but so since you were friend zoned a lot all the time how has your like how has that changed since you've lost all this weight
1: um how's it changed so ironically like it it sort of it it started to change it didn't it didn't change when i when i was i started losing weight oh okay uh, let me make sure that this makes sense so i started dating and started being able to be more active when i was on some sort of path towards like health like i always say like there's nothing more attractive than somebody that is working on themselves and that could be in any way shape or form going to the gym taking care of yourself eating better you know school whatever A a person under construction is very attractive so like I just I started giving myself that mission. Like instead of just being like I'm going to find someone and I'm going to make that person the center of my world, I started being like I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to have my own my own personal missions and goals and do that. And then like stuff sort of just clicks and falls into place and you meet people and then you have something interesting to talk to and that becomes like the attractive thing. Now, like you said, like you said with earlier, you have to have something else. Like you have to be like funny or have some sort of, you know, like game or that sort of thing. And eventually like, you're like, yeah, okay. So like, if I'm not constantly moving and going and trying to make something out of myself, I'm like, again, like, am I not good enough? And it's just,
0: yeah,
1: it's a mind F, you know?
0: It's so hard. Like, I remember I was one of those people that I knew I was not going to get by on my looks. I was, pa- I was, I was always passed over for, um, like jobs and promotions and stuff like that. Uh, and I remember, and I, I don't know if you and I had talked about this, but I had a very specific incident where I was meeting somebody at a restaurant. I think I was sure. meeting some friends at a restaurant and I was walking up to the door and there was these two beautiful blonde LA bombshells that were also going into the restaurant. And this guy happened to open the door for them like you know let the let the women in be a gentleman right. and then I, and I'm like maybe like a few feet behind them but just before I can get him door, <laughs> he let himself in sure. so he let in the and I'm like oh okay I'll be my own gentleman today like that's fine um but I I felt like I had two options I can always cry about this or or be upset sure. or, like, or I can just kind of beat people to the punch you know even though you don't assume that someone's thinking things. I used to just assume that everybody was fixated on my weight. So oh, I would, all the time. Yeah. Sure. And then you find yourself always making um jokes about yourself, like self-deprecating on yourself in order to make somebody else laugh to kind of remove the elephant. Like, Hey, I'm okay that I'm fat because I'm making a joke about it. So you don't have to make jokes.
1: Right. Right. Like I broke a chair on the way over here, guys. God, they got to make stronger chairs. And then you're like, Oh, he knows he's fat. He's fine. (laughs) Like, cool. (laughs) Thank God. I don't have to say anything now.
0: (laughs) Have you ever broken a chair?
1: All the time. All the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Banes of my existence.
0: Oh, I freaking hate chairs. I, I, I remember being on my very first vacation, like real vacation to Hawaii. The plane had just landed. Everybody is taking a nap because it was like a really early flight. And I'm sitting on oh one of those like, lounges. I'm talking to my mom on the phone. I'm just like enjoying. I've never been to Hawaii and or whatever. I literally hang up the phone and I just exhale. And then I heard a rip. And then I fell through like the center of it. And, and on a
1: plan. Oh my god!
0: We, no, on the we were no, no, the- on
1: the on the lounge. Yeah, oh my god! Yeah, on
0: the lounge. Now everybody was asleep. Everybody was overly exhausted, so nobody witnessed it. But I am like in—I'm not a crier. I was in tears, going, "This is how I'm going to start this journey." And my poor husband was so tired; he was asleep. And I go into the room, and, and I'm like trying to wake him up, and he's like, huh, huh, "Like what?" And I'm like, "I broke a chair." And he goes, Oh, I'm sorry, babe. And then he like rolls over and like goes back to sleep. It's and it's not, Saturday. yeah. And it's not that Eric was purposely like avoiding it. Like he just didn't remember the conversation. But then you kind of just have this moment to yourself where you're just like contemplating, like, this is like you and I have talked before. I loved that movie called Shallow How. Yes. And I just resonated so much. I was Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, <laughs> I was experiencing those things. and And I remember having this thought going, I just broke the chair like she just broke the chair.
1: If I, so it's not the, it's not the breaking of the chair. It's, it's the fact that your weight, like overcame the the physical properties of something that's supposed to right. support weight if that happened to me and it has like in your situation i would have gotten a shovel and i would have dug a so i would have dug a grave <laughs> and just pretended like it didn't happen like i was trying to hide a body like that's so it's so embarrassing so and it's beautiful. and it's so hard to like y- you can't imagine someone being empathetic to it, to it because you're like all right well get another chair and be like you don't understand how right. how earth shattering that moment is to me right now that i'm yeah. too i'm too heavy for furniture
0: right and especially like <laughs> chairs are very sturdy like they're meant to hold a lot of weight yeah. and so the fact that you defied gravity or defied physics and broke this with your sheer weight and people who are not in your position I, they'll feel sorry for you, like they'll feel bad that it happened. But to them, it might not be a big deal. But that is literally like you said, I'm digging a grave. I'm leaving a note saying, um, enjoy your vacation. I, I'm going to be in the sand buried and then call it a day.
1: Changing my name, move, moving yeah. away. Oh, the whole nine yards. Oh, God. And and also, you know, when you think about sitting, it's your second laziest position you possibly can be in. Right. <laughs> like it doesn't get any like it's either that or sleeping in bed. You're like, oh, my God.
0: I so literally, I literally failed at being lazy. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I'm,
1: too, I'm too large for lazy. Oh <laughs>
0: I'm too large to be lazy. Yeah. Um, I just love that scene in the movie where he's like, he's like, they need to be like welded better in the corners. Like, what kind of, what kind of, and they're like, uh, it's titanium. And he's did like, Did
1: you, did you ever notice like there was like a, a certain type of chair, like a very cheap plastic Walmart chair? You're like. That's not working for me today. I'm going to be standing yeah. at this party all day.
0: <laughs> yeah, and how many times, like people, like things we take for granted? How many times have you gone to an event or a party and seen what kind of chairs they have and have sure. to make a decision? I think I'm going to be standing up most of the night. Because or do I take a chance? Ceiling.
1: Yeah, or do I take a chance and, and and hope that I can don't break it or two can get up from it?
0: Right. Like, yeah. you, and especially, oh my god, if there was like a folding chair on the grass. And then like, you know, and you can, and you see like average people sitting on it and it kind of like makes the legs kind of bow out a little bit and you're like, yeah, not doing it.
1: I got a a sectional in my living room and I've never sat on the corner piece because uh, once upon a time when I was my heaviest, I used to sit on our sectional on the corner piece and that was the part of the couch that, that broke like, like very, very quickly and I was, and, and so I, I just like, I'm like, that must be the week's weak part of the couch. Not thinking like, not thinking, but not like acknowledging that I had right. something to do with it. I just jumped on it the other day and I was like, this is so comfortable. Why don't I ever sit here? I'm like, it's cause I avoid it. It's cause I don't want to, I don't want to break a, another couch. Do you have things like that? Do you have things, you know, you've lost weight. You've, you've, you've been your size for quite some time. Do you still find yourself having like, Like doing those like mental backflips for certain things where you're like, oh, I don't have to do this anymore. I can actually like tie my own shoes. Like I don't have to like do the Captain Morgan and and kind of position myself.
0: Yes. One of them, a hundred percent is because, because I was so big and as a, as women, we have wider hips, we have boobs and we take up a lot of different space. And one of of the things that I used to do often is I would be like in a supermarket or or a store a target and I would turn around to answer somebody or to look for something and my ass would knock something off the shelf.
1: <laughs> oh, sure. Or sure. like
0: I like, bumped in and like my boob would like knock a bottle off like the top shelf or whatever. And so even to this day, one, and it's been almost eight years, once in a blue moon, I find myself being overly cautious being in an aisle to make sure I'm not going to bump something over. Mm-hmm. Or I've said, you know, when you're in a parking lot and there's two cars, you have to gauge where how you're going to get into the parking <laughs> lot and like how you're going to, if I go sideways, am I going to fit or can I suck right. my gut in enough to make it with the rear view mirrors right there? Yeah. And even to this day, I find myself turning sideways once in a while going, uh, no, I, I could have walked straight. Like, why am I going, like <laughs> You're like sucking your
1: gut in. You're like <laughs> like three feet away from a car. <laughs> like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to do it.
0: Or like there's no car there. Why are you still doing it? Like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: I'm in an empty parking lot. What's wrong with me? There's
0: nobody else here. Yeah, no. Um. <laughs> so I know that you've been very vocal about your journey too, and so you had started. You said a 525 pounds, and you gotten down into the 200s. Yep. And then at some point, you had a lot of regain.
1: I did. I did. So it, statistically, with this, there's, um, you know, people that do fantastic. They do okay. And then I was in like the last category where like you gain all the weight back. Um, I definitely found myself there. Uh, I was in a deep depression and denial that had happened. I was like, this won't, this won't happen to me. I'm having a surgery. Like this is supposed to fix you. And then, uh, yeah, then you find yourself, you know, going back to like the plus size clothes place that you used to buy and you have to buy a whole new wardrobe because nothing really fits you. And then, You notice that, like, like I got a new job, and I did not tell them that I had had surgery back in 2014 because I was like, because I think I thought the question would be like, so when are you going to lose weight? And I was like, oh, I already did, and then I regained it all. Uh, It's it's utterly embarrassing. It's it's super discouraging, and you're like, wow, I defied medical science and somehow regained all the weight back. It's so embarrassing.
0: And at the time, like, are you consciously aware that? you're eating more and that you're gaining weight or is it something just like, you're just not.
1: Sometimes. No, sometimes you do. Sometimes like, you know, you can, (laughs) sometimes you can go very hard and be like, I know I shouldn't be at McDonald's for the fifth time today, but I don't care. You have those days. Uh, The ones that would trip me up was like, you know, when you do regular grocery shopping and then you're looking around, you're like, so I eat a diet of pasta, egg, waffles, bacon, and you're going down this thing. You're like, yeah, I could see how I got here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very obvious. Yeah. Um, it's no secret. Uh, it's just it, it's just hard to get your mind in a place when you're ready to do something about it.
0: Yeah. So we did have a question from Emily. She wanted to know um, how far out are you and which surgery did you have?
1: So I had the gastric sleeve in 2014. Hey, Emily.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I see you commenting. It's nice, nice to have you.
0: Oh, oh, you can see. Okay, good, good to know. I can. Um, so yeah, Ken and I are sleeve brother and sister right now because Correct. we were in the same year, and I think literally a couple weeks apart.
1: Yeah, that was one of the one of those. Like, I feel like we have like a lot. We the more we talk, we're like, oh, I have that too. Uh, yeah. That was one of the very first ones. You're like, wait, what month? August? What year? Twenty eight. was like, yeah. I was like, we were right around the same time, and it's it's kind of cool because like the more more we talk, the more I'm like. I find we have more in common or we have like mm-hmm. a similar mindset and it's, it's very, it's very cool. It's cool. Like when, when paths have similarities like that it's special. Yeah.
0: And I love that too, because and you and I have both talked about it back then. And I say like back then, like it was like decades ago, the you know, before like,
1: times yeah. in the
0: before times. Um, there wasn't a lot of social media support groups. Like we had Facebook, yeah. um, and we had, but I didn't know of any support groups. So you're kind of like figuring everything out on your own, at least for me, I don't know if you were part of support groups or you were able to get information when things were happening.
1: So like my my program was one of the rare programs that, that had a support group built into it. So that was part of the process of getting approved. So like I was lucky on that front, but like doing my research, you know, uh, seven, eight years ago, I was looking around the landscape. I was like, I bet you there's a guy who has a blog or some sort of like publication that like went from, you know, where I am to where, you know, I want to be because like, you're curious, like, I don't know about you, but like before and after pictures, like when you're first starting out, you're like, I want to be that. I want to do that. I want to like, look at look how big I was now. And then look how good I look now. And I just looked around and I would just do it, you know, in my spare time or when I would get bored. And I just, I could not find anyone talking about it. And it, it was scary. It was really, really scary. Because you're like, okay, either we don't talk about this. Like, that's the less scary uh, thing. I was mm-hmm. like, or it doesn't happen. Which, which was, you know, very scary. You know, like, it, with, with anything, go- goals or success, like, you typically let, you try to find, like, a template or a model to model yeah. yourself after, right? That way you can kind of wrap your head around dedicating yourself to something. And I just wasn't finding it and it and it's it's and it scares me now because i mean it it scared me back then but it scares me now because i know there are people just like me that struggle in the same ways that i do and that don't talk about it or are looking for somebody as like a guide or a hope and they just don't have it
0: yeah uh, oh, Emily asked real quick, "How old were you when you had the surgery?" If you don't
1: mind. Uh, oh, of course not. No, no, no. So uh, as of today, I'm 35. So that, let's see. That would make me what 20, roughly 26, 27, roughly at that point. I had it during oh well, during uh, college, and I was very fortunate that I had good health insurance at that point.
0: That's awesome. We actually have somebody watching from Australia. Oh wow. So Kez says, good morning from your friend in Australia. Good morning, Kez. Hi, Um, Kez. What was I just going to – what were we just talking about? I was going to ask you something specific.
1: Okay. So we were just discussing – I was talking about finding somebody like uh, online as a template. Oh, when I got the surgery. Okay.
0: And and so that got me thinking, and I think I just did a TikTok about it the other day. So I didn't have support groups. So I don't know if there was ever times for you – Where you had like a specific experience, and you didn't, and like you don't know if it's normal. And now, like you see on social media, people say like, "Hey, I'm I'm having this. Is it normal?" And everyone's like, "Oh my god, yes, it's completely normal. Hair loss." Correct. For me, I didn't have a forum to go to, so I remember there was a time, and I was going to ask you if you had the same thing too. For like a couple months, I had the weirdest taste in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah. And I and I said. It was almost like I was sucking on a penny and I've never sucked on a penny before so I you know
1: said, but everyone knows what that is. <laughs> everybody yeah, knows. yeah. not
0: exactly know what that would taste like and yeah. I had that for months and I it was months. driving me crazy to the point where I thought this was gonna be the rest of my life and I'm popping tums and I'm like this surgery has destroyed the inside of my mouth. I am never gonna have food again and you're in a place where you're not even eating a lot of the kinds of foods that you want to eat anyway. Now, to ease you guys watching this, in hindsight, your body is in ketosis from what I understand, so that can bring that taste. But when things like that happen and you don't have someone to go to, people like Sherry go to Google. And we ask Google to decipher our symptoms. And Google will always tell me that I have some rare disease and I'm about to die. And I need to go to the hospital.
1: Yeah. Google real quick. Why do I taste pennies? <laughs> just, yeah. Just... Why do I
0: taste pennies? And like you have some rare mouth cancer and you should probably go see your doctor and you're like, oh shit. And then I've been told that I'm a bit of a hypochondriac, which is why. Oh
1: really? Why? So why like... do they say that about you? Do you agree with that?
0: Um, Let's just say I've been banned from Google. Okay. I'm no longer allowed to Google my symptoms. Sure. Um, I've been very vocal about my mental health issue in my book um, where I had an incidence where I had a complete nervous breakdown as a result of stress.
1: Apologies. I'm not laughing about your mental breakdown. Someone just said a tiny bit. So I'm sorry. You had a mental breakdown. Please continue. Wait,
0: confirm. Ken is not a heartless asshole laughing at my mental illness.
1: So funny. So <laughs> and now I'm laughing because of the, the timing. So like yeah. apologies.
0: No, you're no. And that's the thing is I've learned in life, you have to laugh about the good and the bad. And, um, and yeah. that was one of the reasons why I wrote about it is But if you've, if you've never experienced anxiety before, and those of you who have, you feel like your entire walls are caving in and I was getting headaches. And then like when the headache would form, it would turn into a panic attack. Then when the panic attack came, I couldn't breathe. I'm thinking I'm having a heart attack. And finally, um, we had gone to the ER like four times in the course of a week. Oh wow! And, and by the fifth time, I'm laying in bed, and the headache started. And now I knew what the chain reaction was going to be. And I told my husband, "I need to go to the hospital." And God rest Eric. He he did not mean it in a negative way, but he's like almost like again, like we, you're fine. Like we've already <sighs> been to the hospital. He hasn't slept all week because like every time you go to the hospital, it's not in and out. You're in there for like five or six hours before you're discharged. It always happens in the middle of the night. I can't, I'm going to have him on the show one day so that he can tell his side of the story, um, Great. with the whole journey. Um, but he was getting agitated and it, and then, so me, I get frustrated. I'm like, fine, fine. I'll be fine. If I die, I die. And everything's I get- fine. <laughs> you
1: know, do you know what, fa- you know what fine stands for?
0: What does fine stand for?
1: Oh, I used to know it's, it's one of the, it's, uh, I will, I will think of it, but it, it is a funny, it's a funny acronym. Okay, it.
0: If somebody's watching Google, what fine means for us. Um, so I turned to Google because my husband was not being there for me. And I turned to Google and Google told me that I had a brain tumor and that was what was causing everything. So now I'm freaked out that I have a brain tumor. So m- I tell my husband, I said, I think I have a brain tumor. I need to get a CAT scan. And Eric goes, Sherry. You don't have a brain tumor. He's like, let me tell you what's going to happen. He's like, I'm going to put my shoes on. We're going to go to the hospital. The minute we get to the hospital, you're going to pass out because now you're in a safe space. You've, you and you're just going to calm down. They're going to give you something to calm down. Then I'm going to sit there for five or six hours watching you sleep and being all calm now before we're allowed to go home. He's like, so hold on a second. Let me get my shoes. And I'm like, fine. And when I got to the hospital. They're like, what's going on? And I literally told them, I said, I have a brain tumor. I need a CAT scan. And they look at Eric and he's just like. just,
1: cat scan. just- Gives him yeah. the cat ears and the whiskers. I put her yeah. on the machine.
0: What and then sure, the sure, machine. Enough, sure enough, they gave me a CAT scan. They <laughs> gave me all of the tests and there was nothing there. Of so
1: not.
0: so to answer your question mildly, I can admit that I've been a little bit of a hypochondriac in the past, and it's probably not a good thing to Google your symptoms, especially when you're in a state and why I am so grateful that there's so many support groups out there and that there's so many resources for people to answer these simple questions. Sometimes it's just a headache.
1: So like we've talked about how we were going into the surgery a little bit. did you ever have like this like idea or sense you're like you're because you're signing up for this right so any consequence that you have as a result of it is your fault as opposed to everything else with that you know you get a cold it's not your fault you got a cold you caught a cold but like if you have if you have weight loss surgery now you're tasting pennies you have no one else to blame for yourself was this a way to kind of confirm you're like i made the wrong decision this is my doing and now i have to i have to sleep in this bed
0: Oh, so Emily Googled it for us.
1: Uh, she, uh, so, yeah. can you see <laughs> yeah. it? Yes, I do. I, I, I was writing it out too. I wrote frantic, irritated, neurotic, and emotional, but like, yeah, that's, that one works too. That one fits.
0: Oh, and Kez says feeling insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Oh, I yep. like all of these. Yeah. My language, I kind of like fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional myself. <laughs>
1: I, I've swapped out fine for neutral because people won't. <laughs> people don't know how to respond to neutral. If I say fine, they're like, "You're being deceitful," and I was like, yeah, "I'm neutral. I, I, yeah, I, I can take it you- or leave it." <laughs>
0: on you or whatever, but uh, not to cut you off. So you're good.
1: No, you're good. You're good. You're good. So, yeah, I could I could understand that. I mean, that does. Sound, it's scary. It, it's scary, and you want to make sure that you're good. It is funny that. <laughs> The process was taking you to the hospital. They give you some feel good meds, and then you would feel good, and then you'd be on your way five hours right. later. I could understand having feelings about that, for sure.
0: Yeah, having a couple feelings or whatever, but you yeah. know, so somebody had asked. Um, I think they asked a question on TikTok recently, and I thought it was an excellent question. Oh, sure. And it was, um, when you were going through your surgery process, did the place that you go to. Really prepare you mentally for what the journey was going to bring. Like, did it really help get you prepared for the mental stress or the mental health
1: of it all? No, actually, um, my program did a lot of good. They, it's one of the, it's one of the better ones I've, I've, I've looked into or seen or participated in. It still can't prepare you for the mental thing. It's it's one of those things, and I, I talk to people about this that I'm friends with, like on Instagram and stuff, that are going through it. It's like until you're in it, until you experience it, you can't necessarily appreciate like the gravity of it. It's hard to describe. It's it's hard to be like. Sometimes you're gonna feel like a failure. Sometimes you're gonna feel like you've made a mistake. Sometimes you're gonna feel like you're like, why does. Why do i need to have a surgery to achieve like something as trivial as like a number on the scale you go through the litany of it um but just it's it's kind of it's kind of like a different flavor of depression (laughs) like you know like if there's like a million different flavors of ice cream there's like a it's like a different type of um that the only difference is is that you've signed up for it you've probably put a lot of work into getting to it and now you have to sit with your with your decision um it is it can be it can be an absolute mind f for sure um and i and i still fall for it you know to this day like like i'll i'll be sitting in and i'm like i recognize these thoughts i've had these thoughts a million times i know that it's nonsense but when you're when you're when your body is flooded with all the funny fun hormones that it floods you with when you're in these sort of states you're like it still feels real and it's and it's real for me right now and you sort of have to power through it but no my program i don't think i don't think there is a program that can really prepare you for it talking to others as you said like it, w- if when you talk to somebody like you ever feel like blue <laughs> like after like yeah you have a dinner with people and they're eating a normal amount and you're not able to like for people to be like yes all the time you're like oh thank god cool no i'm not i'm not so weird
0: <laughs> yeah and so question i mean like so oh. when you you have the surgery. You've lost all this weight. Your confidence is changing. Like you said, you're acknowledging, I put myself through this. And the rigorous steps that you have to go to with the liquid and the protein and the small bites and and everything that it encompasses, what is your mental state like when you wake up one day realizing, oh my God, I've gained a ton of this weight back. All of that work, all of those sacrifices that you made for yourself- to find yourself almost in a very similar position again, how do you get on the other side of that?
1: That's that's a that's a very, it's a very long process. I was actually, I was thinking about this today. Um, so like, I, I, you know how like, you think of like all the stuff that we, we consume, like TV shows, movies, that sort of thing. Like the narrative always starts off with, there's a person, something happens to them, they do something as a result of that. Um, but that's not life, you know, like I feel like a lot of people are sitting around waiting for some sort of catalyst that like puts them on the path that they want to be on and then, they, and then they go kick ass. And I don't think that that's I don't think that's reality. <laughs> I don't think that's how the world world works. It, I beat myself up about ga- regaining the weight for so long. Um, I was like, this, that was a waste of time. There's no there's no bigger embarrassment there's no bigger embarrassment as a bariatric patient than being a bariatric patient that um you you feel like you're on the other side of failure like it didn't like it didn't work for you but it's not supposed to work for you it's supposed to be a guardrail for you you don't drive on the highway you know grinding up against the guardrail it's there to protect you in moments where you lose control or something happens right i just i i would journal a lot. I would write about like what, where I was and where where I wanted to be and how I would try to figure out how to get there. And then, you know, you just, I'm like kind of like an all or nothing person, or at least I try, at least I try not to be, but I definitely am that. Um, And I was like, I've done that a million times. I've quit everything. I've done cold Turkey. I've gone to the gym all at once. And then after six days it gets old and I stop. So I just was like, well, let's try it different you know let's let's do these things in baby steps the way that everyone's like you just have to take it one step at a time and then you roll your eyes and you're like, all right let's let's try this one thing at a time thing so you, then you get your diet right then you start exercising a little bit more and then like this weird chain reaction happens you're like well i'm eating better now i should exercise more well i'm exercising more so i should eat better and then you kind of find yourself on this like kind of hopefully healthy hamster wheel that gets yeah. you back to where you want to go that's that's how I would sum up how I got back to where I am. Like,
0: yeah, and you I love to that.
1: figure out your system.
0: Yeah, and I love the analogy used about the guardrail too. That was fantastic. Thank and you. I remember long before I had the surgery, I had talked to like a life coach or something like that, and she had, she had this really amazing exercise where she kind of had like the circled wheel, okay. and there's all these dots around it, and each dot represented a different aspect of your life: financial, personality. um, self-confidence your job your your home life your relationship it had all these different things and then on the wheel was like zero to, like one to ten how happy were you in each individual specific aspect mm-hmm. and when i did it i noticed that a lo- every single aspect of my life was closer to the one it was on the lower side oh no kidding happy Um, with my job. I wasn't happy with how I looked. I wasn't happy in my relationship. Like everything was, nothing was at a 10. And it was like this huge realization that I'm just not a happy person. Like there's nothing, there's no aspect that's going well for me. Okay. And, And it's kind of like when you're trying to revamp your house or clean your house and you're like, which room do you start with first? Because if you start in the kitchen and then you found something in the drawer, well, this doesn't go here. It needs to go into the guest room. So then you go into the guest room. You're like, oh, shit, this is a shit show. And now you're working in the guest room. You find something else from the back. And it just creates this vicious cycle. And at the end of the day, you've made a bigger mess and not one area has been worked on.
1: And you've wasted a bunch of time. And you
0: wasted all of this time and for nothing. Yeah. And so she said, pick one thing, just one small aspect and just put your – don't get distracted. Don't work on the other things. And she said, like, basically what you would find is when one aspect is going better, then it kind of creates this, like you said, this slow chain reaction where other areas start to improve. And just like if you're focusing on your physical health and you're working out more and you're, and you're like, oh, I, maybe I should eat a little bit better. And you're more conscious about the food. Then all of a sudden, now that you're doing that, you're just naturally starting to feel a little bit more confident in general. And so then all of a sudden, the way that you're approaching and talking to other people, there's more of a glow to you. So now your relationships are slow. And it just kind of creates this whole chain reaction around you.
1: It 100% does. You know, it's like, um, oh my God, I just, (laughs) I'm so sorry. I just lost my train of thought. We were talking about building momentum and this, this chain reaction. Yeah, no. Oh, I, I remember. I remember. Sorry. So like, like when people see you doing this, like they attribute, oh, they're so happy because they they lost weight, they were successful, and it's not it's not about the weight loss. It's it's about right. the pursuit of health. It's about being on the path, being on that path, and being like in the middle of it or on it. It feels so empowering because it's exactly yeah. where you want to be. Um, yeah, does it feel great to get out of like you know the two sixties into the two fifties? One hundred percent, it does but like just being on the path and, and 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 striving for something it's very inspiring and it does make you want to go do more
0: 100%. And I don't think it's necessarily always the the physical look that you have that no. it, it's the it's what this surgery has now allowed you to do things that you couldn't have done before. Mm-hmm. Um like and I'm I'm curious for like women at least women on social media who've had the surgery, they're all about the non-scale victories and wearing the bikini or crossing the legs. Um, Just curious from a guy's perspective, are, are you as um, I don't want to say excited for it or is that, is that, does that play like a big role in in measuring your success or anything?
1: Uh, It does. I mean, so like the, the scale is like the first thing that you you think of, but like, then eventually the scale gets old. (laughs) Like you're like, Oh, I went down a little bit more. Who cares? Like, um, clothes was a big thing for me. Like, I I was always like forced to like wear like this. Like, I remember back in high school, like I was only allowed to uh, allowed to. I was only able to shop at one store that was very street urban wear, and nothing nothing against that, but that's not the look I always like. Yeah, I always wanted to be what later became the hipster look, which is why I'm not a fan of that look anymore. <laughs> um, they're not making, they're not making, uh, you know, like, like, uh, like vests and ties and suits like that in my size. So like, I was kind of excluded from that. So clothes is like a big deal for me being able to go into a place that doesn't have some sort of like, you know, uh, like, like pun, like I used to shop at DXL and you're like, Oh, cause I'm extra large. That's funny. Cool. Like, great. Um, that's a huge one for me. And then, This, as I said, like the scale stops being like the focus and then you switched into, at least with me, like into what you can do. Mm -hmm. So like my favorite uh, non-skill victory was uh, last summer, my sister Diana, who's a complete health nut like she, mountain climber she's just like a hiker like you know things that like you would read on a dating profile you're like hey, we have nothing in common <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um uh, she was like do you want to do this 5k with me cuz like she had known like i had started walking and you know i was like 5 a 5k i'm like where they run the whole thing i was like that's not for me and she's like no no you don't have to run it you can you can walk it and i was like i don't know about you but like if i sign up for something i'm like i'm not doing it half ass i need to do it yeah. right i have half- to so yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I have to do it. <laughs> like, like no bumpers. Like it ha- I'm not going to look ridiculous doing mm-hmm. something. So I just started training for like a 5k. And then, you know, I get there and I do it and I'm like pacing myself and I'm like, Oh, I want to, want to be able to run this whole thing from beginning to end. And I see the finish line and I cross it. I'm not that far behind her. I had passed people that were a quarter of my size and it showed me that like a lot of my issues were just that were my issues, whether it be like, I could have done this before I could have in high school, I could have run track in middle school. I could have done the mile. Um, I, I used to look at people and I'd like, well, of course they can, they can run and go do stuff, look at them. And then I'm sitting here on the day of the race and I'm zooming past people like 110, 120 pounds, yoga pants up and they're walking it because they can't run the whole thing. And I'm zooming past them. And It's not about, (laughs) it's not a competition, but like, I didn't expect to be passing anybody. I thought I'd be dead last and it wasn't the case. So that was a huge one for me.
0: That is so, and and didn't you, like you go running now.
1: I do. I, 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 and I like it too. That's the other thing. That's the, one of the keys to this is like, I never thought I was, I would, I would run, let alone like it. You go through life so long being like, I'm not this. Because Mm -hmm. maybe you can't do that. Or maybe in your head, you're like, I could never do that. And then you try it and you do it and then you get good at it. And then you're like, I want to keep doing this. This rules, (laughs) you know, do you have anything like that?
0: Uh, My, I remember, yes, my passion growing up was dancing.
1: Oh, Um, that's right. I saw, I I saw you. Yeah, that, that was so cool to see. I would love to do something like that.
0: Yeah, Sweet. we'll come here to Cal we'll, we'll dance together because Oh I, that'd be so cool. It would be so and we can make a show all about it and like we're gonna get Ken to dance. But <laughs> when I was a kid, oh. uh, even at like 12, 13, I was very overweight and I so I always struggled with, with being fat. And I there was a time in high school where I didn't have a lot of friends. Or I was always grounded, or I spent a lot of time in my room.
1: You were grounded a lot.
0: I was always grounded for like like I would get like a D on a report card, and then I'm grounded the entire semester until I bring it up. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm not doing anything else like terrible. And but I also was I wanted to be a triple threat in Hollywood when I was a kid. I wanted to be Judy Garland. I wanted to sing and dance and act and I was so obsessed with Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire and just the women like Ginger and the way that they were so graceful when they danced. And it was so elegant and it was so, and being a tomboy, it was so feminine. And that was so not me right. that I was like, well, I want to dance. But then you look in the mirror and you're like, well, I can't fit in a dress and I, I definitely can't do my, that move. I, I can't cross my leg. So I'm not gonna be able to kick my leg up or anything. And it just, it just became a pipe dream like your whole life. And that was one of the first, not one of the first things, but that was something I finally pursued after the surgery. And I had lost all this weight. It was after I had had regain, I had had a regain of about 50 pounds, mm-hmm. but I started dancing and I started learning like you watch dance. I used to watch Dancing with the Stars religiously, and I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Dancing
1: the cha cha cha.
0: Yes, it was right. Shuri and Ken. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um, and so I started learning it, and I became obsessed. And at one point, I was dancing five nights a week. I was oh, going so cool. to every class that they offer, like, I was a part of it. And then um, I became really good friends with one of the instructors who, after I'd left this school that I was going to, he started teaching me one on one. And for, and like, what was interesting that you said earlier is it's always go big or go home. Like, you don't want to have to anything. Yeah, no. So he kind of had a similar mindset. And then, like, we would have a lesson and he would be showing me these moves. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. But I get overly critical with myself. If I'm not getting it right away, I get frustrated. And if I oh, do. Oh,
1: totally. Oh, totally. I get that. Yeah.
0: And if you do something, you want to be the best at it, or at least close to like what you, your perceived best of it is. And I would get so frustrated and I'd be like, Marlon, like, I'm not like, I'm getting really pissed. And he goes, Sherry, he's like, you need to understand something. He's like, I'm not teaching you basics. He's like, Mm. I'm teaching you professionals. I'm teaching you gold level things. He's like, you're not expected to know it. And I'm like, why the hell are you teaching me all this hard shit? Like I'm still a beginner. And he goes, because yeah. I know how you are. You can handle it. He's like, wow. I would, he said, I would rather teach you the gold stuff and then have you retain 30% of it. You're going to be far above somebody who's like in a beginner level. And I'm mad. I, I get frustrated with myself because I've, I've adopted that mindset that I don't just show me the easy things. Show me the hard things. Cause now that's what I want to do. But then I get nervous because, like, I don't want to set you up for failure or, like, set yourself up. But I do th- like having the uh, – because back then I would have never thought I could do this. I would have always made excuses.
1: When he met, when he told you the method to his madness, did that cut through the frustration at all?
0: To an, to an extent, yes. I it's so
1: frustrating, right? It's
0: still get frustrating. <laughs> like, I
1: still don't get it, though.
0: Yeah, I still <laughs> get it. And, like yeah. – um, I just started trying yoga, and I've been having oh, some in the house with <laughs> I didn't understand stretching can no. make you sweat so hard
1: hardcore Have Absolutely. you ever done it? The hardest thing I've ever done was yoga <laughs> I, have a, really? I have a yo yeah, yeah, I have a picture from the first time I lost weight. I tried yoga at the at the gym I used to go to. And it, it was the hardest thing I had ever done. I've done demolition. I've worked with like, like trucks. Like I've knocked down cinder block walls. And yoga was the thing that was like, I can't, like this is killing me. Like I don't feel well. I don't feel safe.
0: Yoga is going to be your downfall. None of these other things.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm like, yeah, you you know, run all these races and lift all these weights. And I walk around with like a like with a 150 pound vest. That's fine. But yoga, that's the thing that breaks me Every yes. it's, It is so hard.
0: It is it, so hard. And I've only done it a couple times now. And I met with her yesterday and I was getting I have literally sweat dripping down my face by just bending. I'm just bending. That's all I'm doing. And I'm like, why is this so hard? And so hard. I can't, and you trying to live. And then like, there's muscles in your body that you don't know that you have until yoga explores these muscles that were never in existence before. (laughs) And, and she's like, and I'm getting frustrated again. And I'm like, why am I not doing this? And she goes, Sherry, I have to admit something. She's like this, this routine that we're doing. She's like, this is what I do with my teacher. She's
1: like, Oh, okay. Why is she going make you do such hard things? <laughs> what
0: the heck? I told Eric last night, he goes, Sherry, what is it with everybody assuming like there, there's no beginning? It's like just go like start at the top. And I'm like, I appreciate it because yeah. it's really, it's pushing me, but can like
1: can we just start easy? Everybody cool it down. Like, like that's that's it's flattering and cool, but like why do they look at you and be like we're gonna run her through the gander? Yeah.
0: We're gonna give her <laughs> as much insane. pain as humanly possible to, to just insane. do it. It's so crazy. Um, and I'm so bummed, like we're almost running out of time, but oh, um what I, one thing I wanna know is since you've had the surgery, yeah. like you had said you were you were more introverted before. Oh, sure. And then all of a sudden, something happens where you're like, maybe I'm going to post a little foodie video on social media. And so one of the questions um, that I've been asked to ask you is one, what's your inspiration? Like when you're deciding to make like a food video for a TikTok or an Instagram, like, how do you know which recipes or what foods to try?
1: That's a good question. Um, So like with food, you know, we eat food with our eyes. Like that's the first thing that, you know, like if it doesn't look good, you're not going to, you're not going to put that in your mouth. Like, at least I won't. Um, I try to think, I I think of it in a couple of levels. I'm like, what will look good? And then the other thing is like, what, what would be easy to make for like a family? Because so many people that get this, this surgery, like they have a, they have a family, whether it be a husband, wife, kids or whatever. And I always I felt when I had my procedure done, um, you know, I was living with my with my folks and, and my, my siblings and everything like that. And it was it was really it was isolating because like what I would be eating would be very different from them. And I never thought that that would be a problem right. but then until then you realize how communal food is and that it's not just important to eat together, but then to also be enjoying the same thing. Like there's something there. That's that's a thing. So like when I'm looking for a meal, I'm like, what can be made that, um, we can either freeze for later prep for later, you know, put into a jar, serve at a party. And you know, most of the stuff that I make, like, if you look at it, like you could be like, oh, that's a, that's a small meal or that's something I could serve at like a party as like an hors d'oeuvre. Like that's the kind of stuff that I, I typically shoot for. Um, I also like to make things that are kind of stupid, easy to make. I mean, not just for my, my level, but like, I, I would hate to be like, Hey, bariatric patients, you know, how that, you know, how you have like all this new extra stuff you have to think about, make this super complicated meal on top of that. And you'll feel great. It just doesn't seem fair.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It'll go over real well. I'm sure.
1: Right. I, but I, the food thing i love i love it because i know that 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 was at least for me at least for me like that was a huge barrier like i was like i'm not ready to give up i'm like like i'm gonna give up food like like i was saying goodbye to food forever but like you understand that like you don't know what it's what life is going to be like until you're there but the thing is is it's not like you can go back it's not like you can like give me back that give me back that stomach real quick real you know if you wouldn't mind so it's just, it's nice to be able to show people like a little bit of hope. You're like, this is how it is. And it's not so bad. And it's actually pretty cool. And it's, it's definitely different, but different doesn't have to be bad.
0: Right. And I don't want people to think that because you've had bariatric surgery, you're never going to have good food again. No, there's so no. many variations and options that you can do. And that's and one thing that I love about your videos, because I stalk your page when you're not around. I'm just putting thank it you. out. there. Aw. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Is a lot of, a lot of the recipes are fairly easy. So easy. It's not a lot of ingredients. It makes it, it makes it simple enough that the average person who might not even be a chef or know how to cook can at least replicate a majority of your videos and have this huge variety of different meals. Um, I'm still obsessed about the potato one with a little like, you know, onions and stuff. I need to make that one.
1: French onion time bombs. Yeah. Yes, that, that's tea. one of that That's one of the ones I'm super proud about because it's, it looks fantastic. It's very flavorful and mm-hmm. like, it's not that it's not difficult to make. At least I don't think so.
0: I'm hoping not. So if you guys are watching this, you can watch Ken's videos on the bariatric chef at TikTok, Um And so, and like one of the last questions I have is coming from a place where you were introverted, you were friend zoned, you yeah. were shy, you didn't really put yourself out there to now actively choosing to create content to put out there for tens of thousands of people. What like how is your mindset set shifted to handle like from going from never having attention? to now getting attention
1: it, it's cool <laughs> you know it's certainly cool i mean it, it's i almost feel like you know sort of making up for lost time where you felt like you know a piece of furniture like in social situations it's it's remarkable it's funny sometimes like your mind does these like things where you like i block it out and i'm like i don't really like let it af- not affect me but i'm like i'll, I'll be like oh 40,000 people I'm, like whatever like and you try to imagine how much how many people forty thousand people are, and you're like, oh, that that's a <laughs> that's a hefty sum for sure. No, big. Uh, it's just um, I don't know. like it's it started with it, it's the story like I told you in the beginning, which was like I was worried that there was there was no one online talking about the stuff that was doing it. So I was like, well, i will i'll I guess I'll be that person because I don't see that person. so it's it started like like that. And then, you know, showing people, uh, you know, that aren't necessarily like looking for a guy, you know, to be like a be that I was like, oh, well, if you're on the fence about it and you're worried about some certain things, like, let me give you some use- useful information or some useful tips about that sort of stuff. It It's very cool. <laughs> I, I, I There's really no way of, of saying it. Like, I want to be humble about it, but it kind of rocks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 me. It's me.
0: And like, it shouldn't come off as cocky in any way, because you can still be flattered and you can still love the attention, but knowing where you came from and what your past was like, it really humbles you because we, as we know in life, as we saw with the pandemic, like anything can happen tomorrow and the rug can get pulled underneath you and all of the attention, you know, can go away right now. I feel like you're just enjoying the ride and you're not letting it get to your head. You're just having fun with it
1: it's it's fun it's 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 fun. it's a hobby, maybe it'll be a business someday. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but i but I'm doing it because I enjoy it and I'm yeah. doing it and I feel like I'm putting myself out there and that that feels somewhat right and natural. and you should be able to do that stuff if like if you want to do it, you know what I mean. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I absolutely love that. I like, I can seriously just talk to you for hours and we've already done that. And I know that we're going to do it continuously throughout.
1: I certainly uh, hope so. Uh,
0: if you guys want to follow Ken on Instagram, he is at keto Ken. And if you want to follow him on TikTok, he is at the bariatric chef. Um, send in your comments. If you want to have Ken come to California and take a dance class with Sherry, cause that would be totally fun. We're going to so tango good. or cha-cha or something. I don't know yet. Um, and I had a request um that we need to do a video one day and I need to make one of your recipes.
1: Yeah, so I was actually thinking about that. Um so I so obviously so like on my TikTok side, I think so, you need a thousand followers to go live with that. Uh, I'm going to shoot a video, uh, talk about this, talk about the show, because I think it's very important. And I'm going to see if I can get people to start looking at you so that we can actually do a live oh. together so that we could do that. Because I would love to do that. Um, so we, yeah, that'd so be great.
0: I would need X amount of followers to be able to join in on a live too.
1: No, not at all. You just need oh. a thousand followers and you can go live whenever you want. Oh, yeah. You,
0: okay, so people of TikTok.
1: I'll rally the troops. Don't worry. Yeah, I'll rally.
0: Come find me. Um if you guys have other questions for Ken, please feel fe- free to comment on this video. I'll make sure that it gets to him. Um I've already made the decision Ken doesn't have a say anymore. He's just going to come back on multiple occasions whenever he's available.
1: Um, you make you make a very comfortable podcast and I would lo- I would love to hang hang out with you some other time. Of course. Like I open invitation. That. Yeah.
0: And that was the whole thing. I know we've totally gone over time. I really don't give a flying shit right now. Apologies. No, both of us. There's, look at this. I have like all of these notes and questions and we didn't even get to half of them because we've just been like rambling about different, going all over the place. But one of the whole sole purposes that I wanted to do this show unzipped and talk to different people is how often do we see somebody's before and after picture and we're like oh my god they look amazing this is what i want to do i'm going to go inside to have surgery sure what what people don't realize is how much story exists between that before and after picture
1: there's so much there's, there's- it, it's, it's there's almost too much <laughs> you yep. know what i mean
0: Bruce, so i wrote a whole book on just like the first like year and a half basically of, yeah. of the story um which, shameless plug, if you guys don't know, you can get my copy unzipped online on my <laughs> website, shareyourcuria.com. It's not um,
1: shameless when it's your own show. <laughs> so you I don't know, I
0: feel kind of bad though. But, like, um, but that was what, I want to I talk about real shit. I want to talk about, you know, you the realities of the surgery, the realities of how obesity affects you, how you can overcome it. The One of the biggest fears for people who have the surgery, is what if I gain it all back? What happens if I have regain? And look, here's Ken's story right here. He was no, he was not um, immune to that no. reality, but he made a decision that this is so much more than the having the one surgery. It's just a tool to bring you on for the rest of your life. And if you're not using your tool correctly, you can have complications and issues inside. I'm not. I am not immune to it either. I've had setbacks as well. But the purpose of this show is to highlight it's not all unicorns and sunshines and rainbows. No. Sometimes it is darkness. It is mental health. It is depression. It could be transfer addictions. It could be regain. There's so many other elements that I think that we're not talking enough about in the community. And so that's what the whole purpose of this is. And Ken, I can't thank you enough. You've been so wonderful.
1: Oh, it's a, it's a pleasure of mine. Seriously, I, I I can't get enough of the host of the show. Like I'm a I'm a big fan, obviously.
0: And you're gonna come dance with me, right? <laughs> I would like that.
1: I mean, my okay. my uh, my team is out in, in California, so that would be a good excuse to head out to California, right?
0: Well, come on. What state are you in again?
1: I'm in the state of Massachusetts.
0: Ah, oh, is it really yeah. now?
1: No, it's uh, it's like fifty-five out.
0: <laughs> I think I can, I can handle fifty-five. Okay, cool. My friend, our guest Chelsea last week, um, where she lives, it gets to negative thirty at times. Where, where,
1: where does she live?
0: Uh, I, I forgot. I think it was like uh, you said Ohio. negative thirty. Yeah, she said at some point in the winter it can get like you don't leave your house. I said that's another case where I would bury, I would bury a hole in the snow and I would just go lay there. Like I, I can't, I can't. Yeah, Sherry. That's too cold for Sherry. Sherry, can't, I'm from sunny California. I can't handle cold.
1: So, I mean, like one of my one of the first places I lived was 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 like California, but I've lived in the East Coast for most of my life, so I'm just used to it. Yeah. Like, but like, yeah, I would. I've been to the. I've been to the West Coast. I'd be like, oh my god, this is how it is all year. Why would anyone leave leave here? It rules. I mean, besides the fires and of course, well, besides
0: sense. fires and earthquakes and yeah, and gas
1: prices yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but we have three out of eight of those things over here (laughs) you know we're not immune from it
0: i guess that's true
1: um
0: my god i'm gonna go off on another like hour-long tangent i can't do that um before we leave finally is there anything else that you want to add or say or plug or whatever you want
1: nothing (laughs) nothing like that just that i appreciate you and i appreciate the show and i i'm really excited to see what this show becomes i really am
0: Well, thank you so much for being a part of it in the early stages. And like I said, you're coming back for sure. Um, And like I said, if you guys are watching this, please share, spread the word, tell your friends about it. If somebody's thinking about having bariatric surgery, have them reach out to us because at the end of the day, I want to help as many people. Ken wants to help as many people. We just want to be able to get the word out. Um, And so on that note, we thank you so much for watching and we will see you next week.
1: Consider yourself unzipped.
0: Oh, I like that. You've been unzipped.